0: Welcome to Fine Beats and Cheeses, which is really pronounced fromage. It's from the Huguenots. I am Leslie Grace (laughs) Streeter. I am a columnist for the Baltimore Banner, an author, a speaker, and a person who just wears a crown casually because why not? I have several. My co-host is... I'm Lynn Streeter Childress. I uh, make theater for young audiences, and I am not talking to you from my white slimline digital phone. Um... Like uh Miss Hyacinth. Today our guest is the wonderful Laura Spencer. She is a um public relations and communications consultant whose experience include working with companies such as YMCA, General Dynamics, and the Walt Disney Company. She's a wife and a mom, and she's currently working on a trilogy of contemporary nonfiction to be published That is so exciting. Please welcome Laura Spencer <laughs> to the show. And I have to add, every time I see your name, I go, Laura Spencer, and then I start singing, think of Laura from General Hospital. I'm yeah. sorry, that's, that, yes. that's your name, and it is what it is.
1: <laughs> yeah. During the 80s, I would tell people my name, and they would be like, it's, no, seriously? I'm like, no. I had it first, but. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, so we're. I, well, I will I, say that Laura is one of the best things to come out of my continuing um, dysfunctional relationship with Twitter, um, which continues to be both it giveth, it take it away, it messes with your head, and it makes you feel unsafe. But uh, Laura and I have been... <laughs> For a while, uh, communicating and stuff. And so when we put out this particular thing, we're talking about the the show Keeping Up Appearances. And it's because Lynn and I lost our grandmother recently. um, And this show, she loved it. We'd go to her house and she would have it on her little television in the kitchen. And she would just laugh hysterically. And I paid attention to it enough to understand that it was about... Well, Laura will explain the plot of it. But I understood that it was funny and it was satirical and it was very British. Um, and it just, it worked. So when we said, Hey, we want someone to talk about this. Laura was like, Hey, and I was like, "Ooh, an excuse to talk to someone that I think I'm going to love. So anyway, uh, Laura, tell us a little about keeping up appearances.
1: Well, I think, and it's just kismet, I think, because, um, well, one, we have alliteration with our names. So I don't know if you guys noticed that. <laughs> Yay. Yes. And then we all have crowns in our wardrobes, which yes. is a little scary. It's um, funny. <laughs> but I just think with this last week with the coronation and everything, I just, when I saw your tweet about this, I was like, oh, this is hilarious. We have to, we have to talk about this because there's so many different parallels, you know, with, you know, what's happening and the class, you know, and the cultural wars that are happening in the world, not to get too deep because it's hyacinth, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I, I have a similar story in that, um, my grandmother loved the Royal family and she, you know, she was, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of us have this story. She was a domestic back in the day and in working for wealthy families here in America. And I our whole family loved that show. And I don't think my grandmother got the joke. Like, I think my grandmother in a way felt like she was a little bit like Hyacinth and Hyacinth was being ganged up on. So it's just, it just oh. the funniest thing because people, everybody comes at shows differently. Like a lot of yes. people like with Archie Bunker, a lot of people didn't realize they were, you know, they were getting made fun of. And so I just have that sweet story where my, my grandmother actually kind of had affinity to Hyacinth and it just was the cutest thing ever.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. And the good thing is, When we meet culture and then we see it over our lives and we look back and go, oh, I get that. And you also get your reaction to it then and to it now. So first, actually, before uh, you go into the plot, Lynn has a question. The cheese one. Oh, so, oh, what do, when people say to you, something is cheesy, what does that usually mean to you? Like it's, um...
1: Uh, goofy or let's say lowbrow or um obvious you know like too obvious you know something I don't want to be associated with that makes any sense
0: no no it totally does and so that's why well, it's interesting since we've been doing this show we really when we first decided to do this show thought it was going to be like every week it's going to be like I love married with children or I love, you know, my favorite thing is I love Neil Diamond. I mean, we love all all of them. Anyway, but, 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 but we found out though that again, people all have things that maybe they should quote, should feel guilty about, but unquote, don't do, but do not. Uh, And that is okay because we all are allowed just simple things that like make us laugh. But we've also found though, that sometimes like it gets deep. And, but you can decide that's the thing. We can decide how deep we want things to get. Like, it's it's kind of like, this is how
1: I think of cheesy. And this is going to be a weird analogy. But like, Mm. for some reason to me, SpaghettiOs is like caviar. Mm. (gasps) Ah. Like, I'm embarrassed to say I love them. And and I, I have it every once in a while. And I wouldn't admit it in public. But I don't know what it is about SpaghettiOs, like, because my mom didn't buy a lot of processed food. Mm-hmm. To me, that's, like, mm-hmm. beluga caviar. <laughs> that's cheesy to me. <laughs> it's
0: your beluga. It's, like, I feel that way about um, cream and mushroom soup. There is something so welcoming. It's so terrible. And I don't even eat a lot of dairy anymore, but there's something so beautiful. You can do so many things. You can do a soup. You can do a dip. You can do a rice dish. You can do everything with it. And yes. I, my, our grandmother... Not the one that we're tributing this week, but the other one. They were all depression babies, so they would hoard food, and they had all these cans of things. So Lynn and I would come to their house and say, what do you got? they go, we got mushroom soup and sardines and saltines and and a box box of rice. rice. We're like, yes. And they would let it take it back to our house in college. And so that thing, even though I don't eat most of that food anymore, when I get it, I don't get a poverty reaction, get a, Oh this is special. Oh this is a, a thing that is nourishing and yummy and and warm. Um so tell us a, Well, but... hold on. What Well, hold on. I'm going to say mine is Captain Crime. <gasps> yeah. Um cuz cuz we the same as you were saying Laura, we were raised by parents who the sweet cereal for us was like Cheerios or checks. like we didn't have sugar on the table we had honey on the table they ate great nuts whatever so for us our grandparents the ones who would who had the soup at their house all the time always had a box of Apple Jacks waiting for us like a fresh and box when we jacks. came over to visit and Cracker Jacks and so to me it's something about Captain Crunch I don't know why it's the perfect cereal for me it's yum it's a great snack for me but it's something that just makes me very very Insanely yes. happy. Yes. Honey smacks. They used to call it sugar smacks, but that to me, that's my like, we go to like a Holiday Inn Express or whatever and they have it in that like big little, vat. Yes. Yes, yeah, where you like roll the thing. I'm like, that's my thing. And I, and I am pre diabetic, so I'm not supposed to eat any of that ever. But if that's my splurge, we're like, oh, my splurge is like a lot of alcohol. It's like, no, I just want a, a, bo- a bowl of sugar smacks. <laughs> That's it's that so wrong Is that no, so it's wrong not. it's not <laughs> <laughs> so and it's funny because this is I think it it makes sense in this conversation because this conversation the show is about things that you feel that are extravagant and things that you feel from personal reasons from your upbringing perhaps are fancy or right or proper and the things right. that you go through and go to the lengths that you go to. To get them so laura tell us about keeping up appearances
1: well i mean for me i'll give a brief synopsis it is about a middle-aged woman um who's married to um i believe he's an accountant at a bank and she is just desperate to be royal family adjacent in everything that she does um and so she lives in a um and i'm not british so i don't know i mean their home to me looks like it's just a regular middle-class home by American standards, mm-hmm. but she lives in uh, a middle-class neighborhood and she is always wearing floral dresses and she's got her hair, her helmet hair, you know, uh queen mother hard. And she just terrorizes her husband and her neighbors with her um, snobbery. Yeah. Um, it's hilarious. And, but the sidebar of the story is that she comes from, um, I don't know what they call them in, in England, but here it would be the projects. Um, she comes yes. from pretty lower um, blue collar roots and she's mm-hmm. always trying to hide her family that is um, that currently still lives in the projects. Um, yes. and so it's just the whole series is the dance of her trying to pretend that she's adjacent to, you know, the lords and ladies and baronesses, whereas her family comes and like I said, they're cheesy they probably eat SpaghettiOs out of the can, oh, and yeah. they're always embarrassing her.
0: Always. And I just, I, when we first start when I first start watching the show with my grandmom, I was, like, in that, like, fake middle-class poor thing, which is, like, I was in my early 20s. I was living in a very cheap apartment in New York, Pennsylvania, which is a very cheap place to live, at least at the time. But I still had family. I could still, like, drive an hour and a half to my grandmother's house and do my laundry. I could still go, like, get free food, whatever. It was not a thing. And so I watched the show, and I watched her just laughing hysterically. And my grandmother, like a lot of people's grandmothers who are African American, and who are, i am Lynn and I are 52. Um, oof. Um, our grandmother was raised, you know, she was, you know, depression and Jim Crow. Uh, she literally, with my grandfather and— her kids, including my mom, fled racial violence in South Carolina to go back to, to Maryland where they had lived before. And so I' had never really asked her, wish I had a chance to ask her why she liked the show so much. But knowing what I lo- and know about her, I think that she understood the impulse to be more than you are, not more than you are, but be a different person than who you are, because your past is painful. Because Hyacinth's past was painful, mm-hmm. and her people were crazy. Like, in the first episode, her dad is in an accident in the hospital. Oh, the and she's, she tells everyone he, like, had helped somebody in the canal. He was drunk and fell into the canal. <laughs> Spit spot, that's it. But she's like, oh, no, no, no. And she's like, <laughs> she goes to the hospital, and her, her father is in a sa- the same room as someone wearing a hat. She goes, should he be in the same room with someone wearing a hat? Yeah, I mean, it just where she her thing is. I'm ashamed of who I am, right? And I will never be that person, even around people who know me. That's yeah. what I love it. She never yeah. drops it,
1: right? She never breaks character. Well, she never,
0: she never breaks character. No, look, because I think she's decided that that's not her anymore. Mm. She, she, she isn't that person anymore. I mean, it's. I mean, it's her whole life. I mean, she's always my one of my favorite. Hyacinth things is um she's always talking about her candlelight dinner, her candlelight, candlelight suppers, suffers, excuse yeah. me, that she's always going to invite people to. And so I think I watched the first season, the second season, and then I switch I jumped to the fifth just to see like if anything had changed, and no, really nothing has changed. Um, but it's really this fun um ensemble of Hyacinth, her long, long suffering husband, Richard. Yes. Her next door neighbor Elizabeth. Oh, Elizabeth. Um, <laughs> second season, Elizabeth gets a brother. Yes, who Emmett. is a singer, who who right, Emmett, who lives with her. I guess Emmett's hu- uh Elizabeth's husband, is working in Saudi Arabia, mm, right. and you never see him, which is sort of funny. Leslie and I lived we in Saudi did. Arabia about in the ten early years 80s. before this. Um, um, we my my what? dad worked. Our dad worked for a company based in Ohio that contracted with the Saudi government to do their public transportation. So he was there from 81 to 82. In 82, he did the very gangsta thing of saying, my, my wife and my kids are coming with me. So he came home for Christmas, air quotes, and then he said, I'm not coming back till you pay for my kids to come, my kids and my my wife to come. And they went, fine. So <laughs> we went, we were there for a year and a half, sixth and seventh grades for us, and it was an incredibly... Um, it, it changed everything, I think, for us. And also, you know, if we can be just a little specific, like class-wise, you know, growing up in Baltimore, we mm-hmm. were working to middle class and going in a predominantly black city and then going to a place like Saudi Arabia where everyone was brown except for the expats who were mostly white. I think there were three of us in the sixth and seventh grades who were black and it was you and me, were two of them, Lynn. Right. And so... To have this idea when we came back, our friends we grew up with all our lives assumed that we were now snobby and terrible and, and shunned us. Um, not, not all, all of them. them. But some the in our neighborhood, a lot of them. Well, it's so funny that you... This is a whole other, like, deeper conversation. It wasn't... A, it was several, but we still had our, like the our ABCs. The core. We did the core, core. Like the Jacksons. But there was, like... A a, okay, I'll just say it was two cool girls. <laughs> <laughs> like strung and ironically we met them like a thousand years later when we went to a friend's kid's birthday party at a chuck e cheese in towson maryland and both of them came up to us and hugged us we're like we're so glad to see you we're like what's happening Just um what's happening? and now we're and that and now we're all friends on and they're all friends on facebook so one thing is if you're 22 no one's 22 listening to this but if you're 22 listening to this give it a give it a chance give your things a chance because you're all going to probably grow past the point where it hurts you remember it yes. don't forget it because those people yes. have the capacity to hurt you but it's probably going to be okay it's probably yes. going to be okay right so gosh just went Casey, um, to saudi to saudi arabia with elizabeth's <laughs> husband um so so elizabeth's husband is in saudi arabia um and um then it's uh hyacinth oh the vicar from church and his poor wife uh and then um hyacinth's family and someone pointed out to me that her the, all the girls in her family are named after flowers. the flowers so it's hyacinth yes. hyacinth her sister rose who is uh i guess how do you say man hungry yes. likes the dudes um her sister Daisy, who is long suffering. Um and then this what's the sister's angle you never see who has the um Violet. Who's married Violet, to a yep. Violet, right, and has the swimming pool. <laughs> um and you that you can put it in a pony. And a pony. Um, yes. And a pony. And um also Rose not roses uh Daisy's husband Onslow, who is always uh, drinking beer and watching television. And then the dad is a character, but you never really no. see him. Right. If you, you, You'll you see a figure of him like walking down the street because he's being like whisked away <laughs> by the police. police. Yes. Because he's he was either drunk. In, a, in a
1: costume or he's <laughs> some, his face is always obscured and he doesn't really have many lines. He might grunt. Um, right. So that's
0: and the comedy in itself. It is, but... In a deep way, isn't it always sometimes that the way that we are led by people and affected by people are people in our periphery? Yes. that We, we put them into a periphery, but they still affect us. That Hyacinth's entire personality in our middle age is based on all the sketchy people in our past. Well, not so much. I mean, kind of, but it's also based on... Because a lot of times she ignores those. No, but people don't you think that she goes? Don't you think though that she's this person now because of those people? I mean, yeah, but but a lot of though what she focuses on now though, are is the people that she wants to be? Yes. It's always sure. about. It's always about like the the vicar or <laughs> there's a dinner or oh I do have to invite Mrs. So and So Smythe <laughs> to my next candlelight supper, she'll be so upset that I didn't invite her and they're never upset. And um, so it's really like the family to me, it's kind of like where she was, but there's not really a a lot of the stuff that happens with the family when she gets called into it. It's like an annoyance for her. It's kind of like, it's like they lost the daddy. It's like the daddy is always always missing.
1: He's always drunk. He's always, (laughs) he's always in some kind of like, um, space outfit i think and, and and not to be you know um and as we talk about this is about our grandmothers and and not to be too deep and depressing about the death and dying process but i think dad has a little yeah. dementia i believe he does and you know so they're kind of the dealing with that so it's the whole family's involved with always chasing daddy you know if you think about it um and so that's stressful and then the, he, really? daddy's never going to do anything that's not embarrassing and <laughs> the show
0: started in, in 1990,
1: was it, Lynn? 1990.
0: So we're talking more than 30 years ago. We're talking at a, at a point where if it was if it came out in 1990, it was filmed in 1989. It was probably written in 1988. So right. there were some very, it's very old. But I think that a lot of things you'll see, like there in the second episode, Daddy, he's missing because he's quote-unquote been kidnapped by gypsies. We don't say gypsies anymore, no. we say Roma. We don't and it's very much a stereotype of an ethnic minority in, in Europe who is, you know, Indian and east eastern Europe, Eastern European, and a lot of things and they are blamed for a lot of things that are not quote-unquote not so proper in proper European society. But in 1990 nobody thinks about that. You know, no one really considers that. We know that now in 2023, but that or there's an entire in the second episode, there's an entire subplot where her sister is threatening to kill herself. And they're treating it as a joke that she literally shows up in a Mm -hmm. really cute suit, little short suit, carrying a funeral wreath and says, I'm mourning me because no one else is, you know. And she asks Hyacinth for their mother's wedding dress so she could be buried in it. Well, and I and not to get too deep, but I would hope that get deep.
1: Get yes, deep. Because I think about show the Norman Lear shows, Maud and All the yes. Children where by to, even by today's standards the subjects they were tackling were brutal. The You know, saying the N-word, race, sexism, all of that stuff. But it was still hilarious. And I hope that we haven't gotten so politically correct. Because here's the deal. Whether we like it or not, there are people that still talk about the Roma as gypsies and that they could get kidnapped. You know what I mean? There are people that still exist and say these things. Um, You know, we just had that experience about the sportscaster saying, you know, the wrong word for the Negro Leagues. There are people (gasps) that that's their regular Uh... way they speak.
0: What? what? Oh, what, you what, don't know this? So a guy, that? um and we'll get too into it, but he 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 was drunk. Honestly, it was Cinco de Mayo, and he'd been on the yes, he'd been on a tour, and he goes, we went this place, and he meant to say Negro Leagues, but he said another word with a hard, hard R.
1: Completely <gasps> casual, like completely that's
0: casual all the time. And, <laughs> and his co-host was like, yeah. i not expressing this." So no one says anything. So like. Five innings later, he goes. He goes. I didn't mean to say it. I'm sorry. Whatever. And we know that in vino veritas. And yes. when you're drunk, you say what you say. Yes. It was way too casual. That word. That word does not come off the tongue if you if no. it's not in your. Like, oh. I always think of like in your. I always think of bad words Whoa. as pinballs. You know, like you see the pinballs and they're lined up, and. The little the arm goes and they go. Yes. If it's not lined up in the pinball arm, you're not going to say it. But if it is, it's right there. It's right there and you say it. But anyway, and I think in a way that's Hyacinth because yes. she is so poised to block out everything that would be um, natural to her. Her sisters never got out of that crazy. So they are there. They're there in the... They let it fly. They're, they feel sorry for themselves. They have, like, the first episode, she goes to the house. She's having a candlelight supper. People are coming to, including this guy who almost sexually assaults her. We'll talk about that later. But yes. she, she... Oh, the guy yeah, across the, the street. The, the major. The major. She goes to the house, and there's, like, what you would imagine... And it's so funny that even though we always consider ourselves separate, pretty much every culture thinks of... Extreme poverty as a rusted out car in the in the driveway. And a junkyard dog. And a junkyard dog. And the dog. So she goes to the house. The dog. She's like, Daddy's sick. Don't come to my house. I'ma come to you. And she comes there and there it is. And she's she has to confront this visually, but she immediately blocks it out. Yes.
1: It's and and I think to your point, I think she's convinced herself that she, not to, to use the analogy, but Rose co- growing out of concrete, you know, the yeah, flower analogy, yeah, I think she yeah, almost yeah, feels yeah. like she was an accident of birth. Mm-hmm. And she's- Oh, completely. She, she And I don't think she's lying when she says, you know, daddy, um, whatever the story she cooks it up in her mind, I think that her psychosis is so deep that she actually believes these lies. I mean, I- Sure. It's, and it's hilarious because she twists herself into pretzels to get these scenarios that are just so outlandish and I really think she's convinced that's what happened.
0: <laughs> and it's and it's always that and, and there's sometimes you'll see not that she ever drops the facade again because this is who mm. she is now. But sometimes she'll be like she's always making excuses for daddy. It's like, oh like you said he was helping somebody and then she'll she'll know the truth <laughs> but it'll just be like ugh. Uh, oh, blah, yeah. blah. And, but one and one of the funniest things about this show too is it sometimes over the last couple of days? I've tried to watch it sometimes with things with like in the background, but then you realize there are long, uh, spaces without dialogue because there's so much physical comedy <laughs> to this. There's yes. there's so much of like, hi oh my gosh okay so the okay, way so she walks when w- she's
1: like lurching around,
0: Yes. Hiding. the way that she walks, Hold it. the a, a, she's always hiding. So there was this <laughs> one episode where. She was having poor Elizabeth drive her.
1: Explain somewhere. Elizabeth.
0: And, and Explain her. Elizabeth. So Elizabeth is her next door neighbor, like I said, who is who is whose husband lives, uh, is works in Saudi Arabia. She is, she knows, she puts up with Hyacinth. She knows that she's a lot. She knows that she's being put upon, but she kind of just goes along with it. She shows up for coffee every morning, even though Hyacinth is like, it's strictly at this time, and she gets there, and she goes, you're early! Or, oh, you're late. She's really, it's really an abusive oh, yeah. relationship. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but Elizabeth, oh, and Elizabeth is always dropping things. She's always shaking. And she'll go, with I can't things pick things that up. China. Yeah, but I can't. I like she's-
1: went with China.
0: I, and, and she exactly. knows by now that she she's being set up basically that she'll go, no, no, use this expensive wedge China that was my mama's. And she's like, I'm not touching that. No, no. And then of course she drops it because. Right. Yeah. Exactly. She's like, oh, I just can't. But I love Elizabeth though, because she knows herself and she's so kind. And she knows that this is not the greatest <laughs> relationship, but she also though knows enough about herself that she has, she has her brother- She's very kind of Richard, but there, so there's an episode where, and I can't remember where they were going, but Elizabeth, oh, they're going somewhere. And I want to say that there was something, of course, going on with daddy that they had called Hyacinth and said that she had to go deal with daddy. So she has Elizabeth Park somewhere and she climbs over somebody else's fence. It's like in a, in, a, in an adjacent neighborhood to where her family is. But she has her, she climbs over a fence and goes through this whole thing to go deal with the family and then comes back. And so there's this whole thing about Hyacinth coming over the fence. That lady was hilarious. Her physical comedy was so on point. On point. And
1: I always think that that comedy is, most of the comedy is physical. And everybody on that yes. cast was of age.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Think about it. I mean, they weren't young people and they, and I don't see any stunt doubles. I mean, they were Mm -hmm. actually doing all this physical comedy flawlessly.
0: Yes. Flawlessly and confidently. I mean, if we're talking about the late eighties, early nineties, you know, we looked 10 years earlier in British comedy and Lynn and I were both obsessed with things like the young ones. Um, and I was obsessed with, um, absolutely fabulous and so My favorite, yeah a lot of these things were about class they were about pretenders to the throne they were about people who felt that they were rebelling or uh pioneering things depending on the show but it all was about and this is something i never understood about british class so i really looked into it about a caste system that was almost like analog- analogous analogous hello, to Anglos, um, to like you know to <laughs> India or to things where mm-hmm. there it's like this is where you're born and this is where you are. And in this system in England and the pop culture that I, um, that I was obsessed with, so much of it was about, you know, the young ones were like these guys who were all young and like you know one was a punk rocker and it was like terribly squalid and one was a guy who was like trying to go places and it was always about why you were who you were and what you were trying not to be or to be. And same with with Absolutely Fabulous, with AppFab, where they were like, LaCroix, sweetie, you know, we're we're here. And we're really over here, but we're not going to tell you that because if we buy the right things and wear the right things and go to the right parties, we are these people. And how much class in a system of monarchy is currency um, is really... And it's it's so. Di- I and mean, we think we know that in this country. But I look at things like the way that and Laura, you and I have have um, connected online about the way that like Meghan Markle was treated and things like yes. that. Yes. Yes. And where you go, we're really as Americans, we really don't get it. And so a, a hyacinth who was born in kind of like crazy trashy circumstances goes. If I just lie about. What my last, the way that my last name was pronounced, yes, and and the fact that my father is a drunken degenerate and not right. helping anybody, um, I will be assumed to be promoted to the next class. Well, and, and well, don't you think it's
1: you know to get more high level too? Think about what we're seeing with Meghan Markle and the royal family and the the class structure, and there's this concept at with hyacinth. And like you said, absolutely fabulous that if you get into this next level of whatever, that you will have happiness. And we're finding out when we pull away the layers of the onion, that the people that are in those areas are the most unhappy, miserable people. If you look at Meghan Markle, she has effectively walked away with her husband and come back to America. And they seem stupidly happy. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and, and, and like with, um, the TV show we're talking about, I love Hyacinth. She's lots of comedy and all that, but she's really not happy because she's chasing no. something she can never find. And I love Onslow and Daisy and they just sit up in I bed. I love them. Just, they sit up and he drinks his beer, but I think they're happy. I think Rose is happy. I do. Being the, you know, the town bicycle. I mean, she, yes she,
0: I <laughs> yeah, she, she yeah. is. Be. Um, we, and we and daisy daisy wants onslow to to like her more yeah, or yeah. to want her more she's always trying to 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 get him jealous but Onslow is perfectly happy in his undershirt or yes. in his vest if he's really fancy he wears yes. the, best he with no the vest with no shirt under it yes he puts <laughs> a sweater vest on that's fancy for Onslow, because they don't really care about what people think right. about them and that's the thing about hyacinth is it's all it's keeping up appearances Absolutely. it's all about what other people think in the story that she's convinced herself of oh the other person we've never we haven't mentioned yet is sheridan her son who you, you never see who's um who she she acts like he's 12 but he's like in college yes. right he's a he's in college and then in a, and he's always in the so fifth season um like i said i i uh went ahead he's now always calling and asking yeah. for money and Richard is like no mm-hmm. tell him to stop asking for money but again it's oh she's always like, oh you you just have to meet um Sheridan you would love him she's like, oh he's you know he's calling oh there's she said something like his voice is getting deeper. I don't want him to get lower than a tenor because he needs to, when he comes home, he needs to harmonize with mommy. I mean, she's, everything is just all about what everybody thinks, but so much that she doesn't realize that when her name gets mentioned, people They leave. run. Yeah. They run. They'll be like, Oh, it's Hyacinth. Or, Oh, don't tell Hyacinth. So there was an episode says second season, second season some season where it was anyway that they were going to, because it's the same over and over again. There was an episode where um, the vicar was looking, to so think it's fifth season was looking for um, volunteers to help with senior citizens to take them to the sea for the day. And he sees Hyacinth coming and actually, again, physical comedy, takes the thing down it's like, oh, I was just taking this down because we have plenty of people because he didn't want her to come. But she sees it, she goes, no, 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 I have to come. So it winds up being sort of two different buses. So Richard drives one bus because everyone else who doesn't want to be with Tyson <laughs> yeah, is on their own on the other trip or on the other bus. But there's this whole thing though, you talked about in the first episode of the series with the, the major and how he like tries to sexually assault her. There's this old... Italian dude, again, talk about the xenophobia, right? Um, who Mr. C- Mr. Cellini, no, Mr. C- anyway, they, she and Elizabeth and Richard and this older gentleman and this uh, other uh, older woman, they go to the fun house or whatever, to the, to the carnival at the beat. And this guy is just grabby, this old man. And she's like, no, 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 Mr. So-and-so. And so it's this whole idea of how we laughed at lechery, yes. that it was just a thing that like grabby old people did, but really was attempted assault. Yeah, I mean, was. she she she, yeah. hand, she handles him. Um, And this show reminds me a lot of it, and then I'll stop monologuing, it? but it reminds me a lot though of what was happening in American TV at the same time, and I keep thinking of Married with Children. Yes. So, which was which was late eighties, early nineties. This was late early nineties, mid to mid nineties, so ninety to ninety five. But again, another show that if you just looked at it, just looked like this sort of like crass, whatever. But it but it was very Married with Children was very yeah. smart. Mm-hmm. It said a lot about the institution of marriage and what that looked mm-hmm. like. It said a lot about class about neighbors about neighbors who become family whether or not they want to or not about um i don't know it just really looked a lot deeper Mm -hmm. but the but the but that you had a woman like um like rose from keeping up appearances who was very sexually Mm -hmm. aware and, uh, and Daisy, who wanted to be. Um, and but was aware of the fact that she wasn't getting her needs a lot like Peg yes. Bundy, who was always trying to get um, Al to want her um, and not like look around. But how Onslow and Al kind of just wanted to sit on their couches yeah. and watch television and be unbothered. Um, sort of like lots of
1: parallels. Oh, absolutely. And well, and I think too in with, um, keeping up appearances, you had the class thing going on, but you also had, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they dealt with, and I think if, cause we've watched it over and over again, they dealt with some of the, the, the sicknesses of society. So poverty and mm-hmm. alcoholism mm-hmm. and, you know, um, you know, even, even with the vicar and some of the, you know, the hypocrisy going on with that. And, Um, homosexuality because we all know Sheridan was gay you know what I mean and and how families deal with that and I think that the show really um, just like with some of the earlier shows from the 70s they really dealt with these issues um, uh, but just like in gut-busting ways Um, because I think Hyacinth knows that Sheridan's gay but she's you know like I said twisting herself into a pretzel Mm -hmm. because she's always talking about this man that he lives with like you know like I think she had one but well he's he's a um he's a monk and they're studying together like there it was always some crazy <laughs> you know <laughs> some crazy explanation for why Sheridan's living with a man Absolutely. and um you know and I think even to even in 2023 that would still probably resonate with lots of families uh, um because
0: oh heck and yeah.
1: they don't Sheridan has never seen and there's plenty of families that have gay family members that you don't see them at the weddings you don't see them at the you know the different family invitational thing so you know it
0: was very cutting edge I think in the first episode she he's telling her that he's oh I've joined a, I've joined a club how wonderful a golf club no oh it's just a regular club oh what's it called children of the sword do you wear mask? they're bank robbers he's in a cult he's in a bank robbing cult and she's able to talk herself into the fact that it's okay because as long as she can spend because you only see her part of the conversation where she's right. desperately spinning the words. Yes. To make it not a bank robbing cult. Um that is it's so striking. I think it's interesting because in that time there was even though now we say, oh, we have this shows like House of Cards and Breaking Bad and we could be so honest about who we are as a people, but that was on the BBC, that was a network show. "Marriage with Children was a show on Fox, which was fledgling at that time. But right. the things that were... All in the family, on CBS, you know, these things were being able to discuss... They were being they were able to be discussed, rather, at that time, 50 years ago to 30 years ago, that were about sexism and racism and class mm-hmm. and the breakdown of the family and the expectation of marriage. And just happened. It was controversial. I mean, marriage... That's right. Married with children was very controversial. But it right. was on for like 11 to three years because it True. resonated with people. True. And so we didn't need HBO, which few people had, or not Netflix, which was non existent, or AMC, which when it started was like they played like, you know, really Tony series and things about like ballet. Mm-hmm. You know, it was not right. what it is now. Um I just think that there's a thing that and you're on Twitter a lot, Laura, Well, you'll see these kids who are like, it like scholarly, in the 90s, no one ever talked about whatever. And, and there will yes. always be people already to go, children, shh, 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 shh. Because yeah. they don't yeah. get it. We were so much more ahead in some oh, ways. Yeah. yeah. Or you, you,
1: they'll say ridiculous things like, you know, Prince was underrated. You're like, What? <laughs>
0: What? <laughs> you You're mean like, a twenty-four-year-old who had it, who wrote his whole fictional biopic and won a, a an Oscar for music? That guy, sure, underrated completely. No, I, somebody. Um, I was just talking to another good friend of mine. There was somebody who like who's a younger dude who's probably thirty who was talking about how underrated. And how people didn't appreciate Mariah Carey, and I was like, "The who,
1: what, the what?" Where are we? I, I feel like what, I feel like the you know, like my grandmother, like you,
0: young kids today, you just don't know. Now they were saying that a lot of people now they look at at snippets of these people who we grew up with and we because we were there and understand yeah, the whole trajectory right. of their greatness, who only see a bit of it. But it was just it's like. It's because they didn't know who she was and their their friends didn't know. So they assume that means everybody didn't know and nobody nobody knew. And so the fact that they don't understand, I mean, and this is a whole tangent, but like Lynn and I, for instance, grew up with parents who were born in the late 40s in, in high school and college in the 60s. And so we were raised not only with the stuff that they knew when they were young, like the Temptations and Diana Ross and Marvin Gaye, but also they kept up into the nineties, the early nineties, I think with current music. I mean, they, I mean, it was like, you know, Phil Collins and that kind of thing. And they mm-hmm. loved stuff, but they loved, they, if there was a new earth, Wind, and fire album, they bought it cause they were in their twenties and, and early thirties. They had all the Stevie wonder stuff in the seventies and the early eighties. They had all of it. And we, I think, because we were, there was a monoculture, at least, in the African American community, where you were like, okay, this is what everybody knows. And Lynn and I would like, when we were in in high school, we would go to the black neighborhood we lived in. There was a record store, and we walk in. They would go, oh, it's the black kids who buy the white albums. They have like two copies of every like Duran Duran album, just in case. Because they yes. know, the, those weird kids are going to buy it, and maybe one other person will buy it. So all I have to say is, we understood what we understood, and we knew that it was important. So the idea that these uh, these kids, even though they have access to everything their parents ever listened to, everything, their grandparents, whatever, they can just like Google and click a thing. When they discover it, they're the first people who ever knew about it.
1: They're intellectually <sighs> lazy. I mean,
0: ah. But you know what's so interesting? It's it's that we went through these periods where, like, remember in the '90s, where everyone was into like swing music yeah. for a while, you yes. know, and everybody was into a thing. But but there was always a reverence, though, yes. for what came past. It wasn't that we discovered no, it; we knew it's what that it we came were from- absolutely. Right. Because we were, we were connected and, so, and we, we discovered it because I would go to my parents and Lynn would go to our parents and our grandparents and say, Do you know who blah 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 is? They go, Yeah, here's this album. We go, Okay, never mind. I think these kids are so divorced from that personally that when they yeah. discovered on the internet, they've columbassed it. Well, also the too. It's is, is, it. Perfect. Yes. It's also too though, I think with a lot of things being digital you don't have that experience anymore of you know my grandparents uh who died who were born in like the the teens and mm-hmm. 20s um had their albums up until yep. so you could walk into the house and see right. them the same with our parents you knew where to find them and I think sometimes not having that tangible thing to go to your parents house your grandparents house and be able to pick up it's not as it's a different vibe than being like what's on your phone. Right. 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 It's a it, it's a it's a different. So one thing I wanted to say about and this conversation has jumped all around and I <laughs> love it. Um, love it. One thing I wanted to say though when we were talking about shows like Merit with Children and like Keeping Up with Parents is is that they discussed stuff, but there it wasn't that there was a very special yeah. episode about whatever. No. It, it, it just It just presented what it was and it was up to you to decide what the takeaway exactly. was. Either that you just saw it as level, as this is funny, funny, ha ha, or that you thought more about the fact that Hyacinth, um, if you said something to her, it's continental, she doesn't want to talk about it. Like that right. to me, that's, oh, that's right. ghost. To talk about uh, Italians or to talk the about French anything else that's, that's happening. Oh, so the fact that like, um, there was a gag that people, were, her number was close to the number of the Chinese yes. takeout. And people were That's always calling, favorite. calling to order Chinese. And she was like, oh no, I you, we can't have, <laughs> we can't have people talking about Chinese food on the same phone that Sheridan <laughs> calls on. Like she didn't even want that passing through the air. The, yes. It's just so, and it's yes, racist. Yes. But but we know that you're not supposed to be yes. that. Like you are like oh, yes, that's under, wrong. that's a difference. And you <laughs> you were talking Laura about Archie Bunker is that most people I hope understood that Archie Bunker was not aspirational, but some people were like oh that's like me. He's a great guy. He knows that. Yeah. He, that's how I feel. That you're supposed to look at Hyacinth and then say she's a very pressed striver, whose entire Personality is based on not being who she was raised to be. And right, if right. you watch her and go, oh, yeah, that's great. She's great. I get her. You're like, and some things you have to talk about. And we weren't necessarily having these conversations right. in 1990 about the the further digging into why you, you received something the way that you received it. But um, I just, I thought the show was brilliant. I think we had talked before about, yeah, you know, the difference between... Someone being Roma and gypsy that gypsies like when her dad is supposedly kidnapped by the gypsies, quote unquote, and right. that, you know, they go, one of her sisters says, no, it's, it's bad luck not to buy things for a gypsy because they're not people. They're totems of yes. this thing of, yes. and of this superstition or exactly. evil
1: or dysfunction. right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And I used to use the word gypsy. And then in nineteen, in 2000, I got a chance to go to Romania and hang out with Roma people in a church that I was study, like doing music stuff with for a week. And I never used that term again. I yeah. never used that term again. When, but only because who gets to go to Romania and hang out with Roma? The answer is no one. Um, yeah. But I got it. When I was um, a senior in college, I did a... Um... Uh, I was a psych major, and I did a, a a oral um presentation on a book that I'd read, and I used the a word that I did not realize was uh derogatory mm-hmm. to me to cheat people. Yeah, and <laughs> I did not realize it, and my um professor was uh Eastern European, Eastern European. European descent and she pulled me aside afterwards and said I just I know that yeah. you don't know. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be horrified to hear this, but I know that you didn't mean anything by it but you need yep. to know that that word is a yep. slur and it is a word that is meant to say that people of that uh your Eastern European descent uh were thieves and mm-hmm. were out to get you and out to swindle you and, and everything. And all of that and I was like Oh, and I've never used it since, but it took somebody to speak up to me to say, I know you didn't mean it, but it doesn't matter that you didn't mean it. Now you know.
1: But that see, that's to, to bring it back to Hyacinth and to bring it back to that sportscaster, because I think the phrase, when you know better, you do better, but there are some people... That even if you explain that, if you explain that to Hyacinth, and I'm sure that Forecaster knows good and doggone well that that yeah. word should not ever be used, they are not going to change. And so, yes, the the, the terms that when we find out, you know, it, it it I think no one had to tell me, but I was like, I need to stop saying cotton picking. You know what I mean? Like that just, kind of, oh,
0: you know, I just yeah. kind of figured
1: that out as I got older. Like, oh, I need to take that out of my vernacular. Mm-hmm. There most of us will stop doing that. But there is a segment of us that it has no effect whatsoever. Hyacinth still thinks the gypsies are people that steal children and rob and blah, blah, blah. And you're not going to convince her otherwise.
0: (laughs) Well, and also because for Hyacinth, she is a person who has to be above someone. So yes, she will always claim whether it's her trashy family or quote unquote gypsies or, like her friend, well, not friend, but Elizabeth who, next door, who she tortures by constantly explaining to her that Hyacinth believes she's better than her. She always has to be better than somebody. And it's it's bullying, it's it's classist, it's a lot of things, but because Hyacinth, Hyacinth is so self-aware of what she wants not to be, but so unaware of how she comes off, because she thinks she's pulled this off, right? She thinks that She thinks that everyone assumes that she is Bouquet, not Bucket. And that's a thing, guys listening, that literally her name is spelled. She'll spell it B-U-C-K-E-T, Bucket. And they'll go, the person on the other phone will go, she goes, no, it's Bouquet. There's no way in the world that that is spelled Bouquet. But she, her delusion is that she will be mad at you if you pronounce the thing the way that it's written on a piece of paper. Would you and what's so funny too is that um there's all um with the uh this is a running thing with both the milkman <laughs> and the and the post office is that she's like did you deliver a letter from me and they go bucket and it and then some of they go bouquet. because they play yes. into it. But that's one interesting thing though is that I think people, you talked about some people not changing who they are, mm-hmm. right, Laura, even though they've been presented with the truth, is that what's so interesting about her is that people know that she is mm-hmm. who she is, so they have just decided in some ways that they're going to leave her to her delusion, yeah. they're not going to try to change her, but they decide how much they want to be a part of of her, her life, like they take, yes. her at, right? her, they take her at, right, they take her at... Um, they take her in a little, in little bits, and they're like, "Okay, great." Until they can sort of like get away. <laughs> but well, so the person. That, go well, ahead. I was just
1: gonna say, and you know, not to I, we don't want to incur the the wrath of Twitter Twitter trolls, but we just looked at the pomp and circumstances last week of two women that fought, kicked, and clawed their way to be royalty adjacent.
0: Yeah, they did. That are
1: basically bullying a woman because they need to feel differently you know and i just was watching that whole thing play out this last weekend and i'm looking at those two women who just spent a good they they made that their career to be where they are (laughs) think about it yeah they did and then you have this this american woman that you know that i i really feel in my heart that they're bullying because they have to feel better than somebody yes you know They've got to oh, feel yeah. better than somebody. And they're just, you know, and she kind of just breezed in like with an 18-month courtship, like, oh, I'm here. And that did not sit well with those ladies who
0: worked for decades. <laughs> oh, yes. And, and, and what's even worse is that so I always think of... You ever seen the movie Ever After yes. with Drew Barrymore? And my favorite line of the movie is at the end, after she's been tortured mm-hmm. by her step family and they realize that she's now married to the prince and she's in a place that they aren't. And she says, after this day, I will never think about you again, but you will think of me often. Uh-huh. And I love that. And then she, she literally steps off and goes back to being happy. And I think and the that, that's what makes... And the yes. queen. And, and and I think that's what makes people really upset about uh, Meghan yes. Markle, uh, the Duchess of Sussex, is that, of course, it hurts. And she said in in that wonderful Netflix series that, of course, it hurts. But she has decided she wasn't going to stay there to be a pinata exactly. and to be a punching bag, that she was removing herself from the situation and they can't stand no. it. And so if, if, if she's quiet... They're mad. The press is mad because she's quiet. If they see her in something, oh, she's literally just trying walking to be. down the street. She she went hiking. She went hiking yeah. during the like on the Sunday after the day after the coronation. And they go, look at her trying to upstage. She didn't come to your party. Because and now we know. And I think that as as African American women, we also understand that if someone has decided to hate you because of your race or your class or your presumed presentation, they're going to do it no matter what you do
1: no matter what you do yeah and i you know yeah because i was wa- i was like i was watching the coverage of that they were mad that she was wearing a cartier watch or something and it just it's amazing to me because i was like this person was a millionaire a self-made millionaire before she ever on her own on her own and a and a philanthropist like she was a didn't she get a company to change their advertising at, like, nine years old? Yes.
0: And here's the right. thing. I know a lot of lower-to-middle-class <laughs> people who have $4,000 watches. Maybe. I do. I know a lot of people who had Rolexes. That and, would be. Yes. My
1: husband ma- has a tag Hoyer. We don't have no money. Right. But
0: that was and, his. his
1: red, <laughs> I gave it to him because he got his master's. I you
0: know, that's. You know? And, and maybe it will and if you bought that, you're going to wear it. Right. And maybe it was yes. not maybe the most financially astounding, astound, um, astute, that's the word, um, purchase in terms of what else you have to buy? And I, if I can get a little deep now, that's one of the reasons sometimes people go, I can't believe those poor people who are using, you know, uh, welfare and, and, you know, food stamps or whatever. They have a nice car. It's like, first of all, you don't know where anyone came in. You don't know where that car came from, how long they've had it, and where they were when they bought the car. Also, it's not your business. It's not yes. your business. So when they're looking at Megan, who they ran off and expected her to be miserable. and I say this to Lynn all the time. It's like the Grinch who's, you know, on the top of Mount Crumpet looking mm-hmm. down and the Hoos are singing, and he's like, it came without boxes. It, it came is. without bags. You know, because he's like, I tried my best best to make make you unhappy and you won't be unhappy. Why won't you be unhappy? Because I wanted you to be unhappy. And that is the way, and I'm going to bring it back to our subject. That's the way that the royal family appears to feel about Megan. And that is the way that Hyacinth, I don't really think, I think if her family just disappeared, she'd be fine. But the fact that they appear at all to be content makes no sense to her.
1: It doesn't because she, can't
0: understand she, it. she can't get it. She doesn't get it. It came without boxes, man. She do not yeah. get it. Yeah. She Yeah. Well, the there's the episode that I just started watching, Rose has gotten engaged. Again. Um, <laughs> but again, to a guy from Poland. And it's this whole thing about how nobody can pronounce his name. And they tried, like he writes down what his name is, but they just can't get their their faces around it. Um but then there's actually a bit though, I need to watch a thing where Emmett, who is Elizabeth's brother, turns out to be really a, a bit of a xenophobe mm. because there's this whole thing about like, it's like, oh, she's marrying a guy from Poland. Oh, she's gonna go. It's like, no, she, he actually lives here. This whole thing about how people just can't stay where they are. I'm like, well, that's mm. ugly. Well, um, and that
1: to me as you know um, an African-American person, it's amazing to see how much xenophobia and racism exists within quote the caucasian you know genre of people like uh the uk people like polish or italian is seen as lesser than or you know Mm -hmm. maybe like you said the roma and whereas in america we kind of have like we're binary it's either you're white or you're black Mm -hmm. that's that's about it and and on that show you got to see all the different striations of of importance or or lack thereof (sighs)
0: Well, and it's interesting too. It's so funny. I know we keep trying to wrap up, but we keep going (laughs) to other places, but I have to say forever. But what is so funny though, is the whole thing of somebody being better than somebody. We have family who are black, who are bougie about other people and about, about other races. And it's sort of like, oh, the, the Metro started coming <laughs> to this shopping center and now anyone can get here. And right? there's a lot of and effort like, and wait on that anyone, that anyone is working anyone. hard. And it's, and it's anybody, maybe other, maybe other black mm-hmm. folk who, who you see as sort of less than you, who ride the public transport system, but now have these things accessible to them. But you see that as a slight on you mm-hmm. because you had a special place to go. And now they they quote they unquote can get there too, okay. or it's people from af- from, from who are African Americans, people from Africa, or yes. or people who speak different the languages, Caribbean. or like whatever. Yes. The Caribbean there's there's all this thing like you said about wanting to be better than somebody mm-hmm. and working your stuff so that it's better than somebody else. In hyacinth it's all about these are the people that we want to
1: talk to
0: and these are the people who we don't want to talk to and she'll say like Richard we have to talk about Richard I'm sorry so Richard is her I love him is her Mm -hmm. husband and he's the sweetest dude and he really does care about her and I think she cares about she does care about him but he puts up with all her stuff and even though I think as the show goes on you can see him more and more being like High dude. Um, but he puts up with her stuff and she'll be like, Oh, why did you wave at the neighbors like that? It's not appropriate to wave when you're wearing a shirt with no buttons on it, or like just goofy yeah. stuff. At, like, at one point he's like, like, literally like talking that. on the phone and she says, We're expecting someone. You can't expect a lady to come over when you're undressed on the phone. Because all he's doing is having conversations. Person she's concerned about impressing isn't even the house but he right. can't accept a, a phone call in his knickers because yes, it's she's somehow. it's it's somehow and she's got this self-imposing also to me he's the hero of the show because he puts up with her he loves her and he understands her psychosis and her you know psychological and sociological makeup so he understands why she's nuts
1: well and and richard <laughs> but, and onslow are like they're like
0: bro yep they love each yeah. other They're they're always like, we have to go rescue Richard. There's this whole thing of like people like, oh, we need to go get Richard because (laughs) of the way he gets treated. Or the vicar being like, you need a drink because because of the way you get treated. But I have to say, though, that as as goofy as she is, though, I I really feel for her because we all in some ways want to be different than we are. And we all aspire to be... Something else, she just takes it, yeah, completely yes. the extreme. left field yeah. to the extreme. But the but but it's okay to want nice things, and it's okay to. I would like to go to a candlelight supper, that sounds delightful to me. I should have, should, one. I, but,
1: and I think for to kind of bring it to, I'm from Massachusetts, so mm. I grew up there. Mm. And so, um, speaking, speaking about like the levels of society and even our culture and, you know, I'm not, you know, from Martha's Vineyard money, but you know, we used mm. to go to the vineyard and you, the dirty looks you get as like, you know, a mainlander <laughs> when you're on that yeah. ferry <laughs> from people who are the same, that look just like me. Yep. And it's just, it's, oh yeah. And I, you know, I, it took me a while to realize like, I don't feel bad about myself. Why are they... I, they can give me all the dirty looks they want because I'm going to the vineyard and I'm going to have me a margarita. You know what I mean? But like, that's right. You have to kind of like even you know as you mature, you have to kind of look at it all for the show as comedy because people will it is they will create these boxes and structures and all this stuff to make themselves feel better, and it's you just have to laugh it off. Well,
0: I think that if the three of us had candlelight dinners, it would be. <laughs> With the understanding that this was a funny, weird thing, and we would do it, and we would even like try to be like be like circumspect about it, but we would also know this is a thing that we are not. This is a thing that is extra to yeah. us, that is different. Hyacinth truly wanted everyone to believe that the candlelight suppers were hers, that the, the with the vicar, with the what there's a in the second episode, <laughs> she calls on a be- very busy Saturday. Because the vicar is coming to get this very nice uh, bakery to send her six cream cakes. And she's very insistent because people like us, they don't know who she is. Her name is Bucket. It's literally Bucket. They're like, (laughs) Mrs. Bucket's calling on a Saturday afternoon wanting us to deliver to her home six large cakes that are fresh. Not just cakes. Fresh. Not cakes you made last week or yesterday, but fresh. Make them for me today. And she's nobody. and But she's so entrenched in this idea that she's who she is and everyone else will recognize it. Right. I think we, w- we would know that you're going to take a chance calling a place on the day of, you know? Well, and I think
1: to your point, like, even if we, let's say we, we, the three of us decided to have a candlelight supper and we talked it up and made it sound like this elegant thing. And we could even serve... Uh, fruity pebbles and spaghetti ah. but people would probably there would be a segment of people that would try to get an invitation to our fruity pebbles candlelight supper because we
0: made it seem like it was the the place to be you know what but, but do you what's so funny i think about like what hyacinth would be like if she had social media i mean mm. she's past that age but do you remember though like in the in the early 2000s ish and Probably even sort of beyond that. So Leslie and I both got married in twenty ten, mm-hmm. and even before that, we even before we were dating anybody, right? We would we loved wedding magazines, loved. and we would see all Wait, these things. It was like
1: you guys decided to get married the same year, the same year,
0: <laughs> and, and and our best friend got married in between us. We were all 39, 38, almost thirty nine. This same year, we all got married. And um, but what's so crazy though is that you look at these magazines they would be like this is the rustic whatever that people are doing and they're getting married out in a long table in the middle of the woods with their little votives of whatever and blah 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 and that reminded me though of are we really that far from hyacinth because that's what people aspired to was to do things the way and Hyacinth had a way and now we can kind of laugh about it, but we've all gone through times and still going through them to where we are doing things for other people's, um, edification it's the whole idea of you know your your instagram life where you want people to see the way you want things to be you're right. literally presenting things a certain way well, and I don't think there's anything but wrong. that's not how I don't things think are there's
1: anything wrong per se with being aspirational and to set right. goals and to you know want better for yourself and your family um, but that being said it's a slippery slope you know of Slippy, slippy slopes, and so you always have to check yourself. Make sure that you're not, you know, giving people dirty looks on the ferry to the vineyard, or, um, you know, okay, I'll give you an example because I can laugh at my own self. I was obsessed with, and this is very high, and then I look back on it now, and I probably should make fun of should make fun of myself. But I wanted a palette cleanser at my wedding. Mm. <laughs> oh, I love it. So you all, you all get like I was being a little like extra. And, you know, oh, yeah. it's been 25 years since September. I was um, being extra. And yeah. I'm going to own it.
0: Own <laughs> well, that it. was prime, like, Martha Stewart Wedding's yes. um, era. You know, that was prime. Lynn and I used to laugh that they would say. At one point, there was a story in some magazine that said that your alcohol budget should be a specific percentage of your budget. And that your flower budget. And it's like, but what if you don't do that? It's like, your guests expect it. It's like, my guests can go to a bar and buy their own stuff. I don't yeah, understand. Yeah. It, you know, F, FTD is free. I don't understand what you're talking about. Um, But yeah, I think we all fall. That's the thing that I, and was we have up that I love about it, is that all of us have that. All of yeah. us are bougie about something. Exactly. I buy yeah. a lot of consignment clothes, but I like when I can afford a, you know, a Vivian Tam it's old mm-hmm. but it's vintage it's not old it's vintage yeah I can buy a thing that's because I couldn't afford it new I could certainly in the 90s when a lot of these things were Anna Sui mm-hmm. uh when these things were popular I couldn't afford it then I mean I could have like I had one my first couture was Viv- no first couture was Betsy Johnson um, that was at a boutique in Coconut Grove, Florida, around the corner from where Lynn used yep, to work, I know, and I yeah. bought it. I have no idea where that dress is. The dress is lost to time. Someone stole it, probably. Anyway, some I loaned it to someone never gave it back. But um, and then I bought this Vivian Tam in the '90s at the Value City department store. And if I had gone to Palm Beach, it would have said, "Oh, that's a five-year-old thing." I would have known. It would just I wore it to my tenth-year um, reunion in Baltimore because I could afford it and it was yeah. 60 bucks and that's like your food budget at 20 whatever but I, I paid for it but it meant something to me and not just because I knew that it was a well-made thing but because yeah it has a name on it. If, if you'd asked me who made it I would have said oh I don't know look at the oh yes it's Vivian Tam it's very whatever you know um so everyone has those airs Everyone yeah. has those appearances that they want to keep up. We, we we all have a little hyacinth in us. We do. We're all hyacinth. <laughs> hyacinth is us. Well, so the question we ask at the end of every show is, do we think, I don't know why I did that. It was funny. Do we think that, it was, do we think that the thing that we're talking about is cheesy and do we care?
1: Laura, what say you? I say the thing we're talking about is not cheesy because I think Hyacinth uh, in a TV show through comedy brought many of the social um, problems, uh, culture wars and things to the forefront, but did it in a kind of a physical comedy way that actually gave it for, okay, wait for it, big word, gravitas.
0: Gravitas. Yes. Which is a very, (laughs) something, something that Hyacinth did not have. (laughs) <laughs> but that she would have loved because it, it sounded fancy. So, Laura, if you want people to find you, where should they find you?
1: Well, um, I would say on Twitter, but um, they'd have to ask to be my friend because I've locked my account just because mm. oh. there's so many trolls and haters. It's not a friendly yeah. place, but I'm um, if you ask to be my friend on Twitter, I'm Laura Spencer 1, O-N-E, like Air Force 1. And I'm also on Spoutable, at Laura Spencer. love 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 and when is
0: your book coming out
1: i so i am just finishing because goals aspirations i've had this trilogy in my mind for 30 years and um not to be deep but i had a spinal cord injury so Mm -hmm. i had time (laughs) so um Mm -hmm. while i was recovering with that i had my laptop and i started writing it so i'm just finished the second and so i haven't started the third and so i haven't I, I, I don't know if I'll self-publish, I'll shop it out, but um, yeah, so.
0: That's amazing. Please keep in touch somehow through the Tweeties or, um, tweeties, or yes. the Spoutables that I need to get back into, and we will, because um, I'd love to see it when it's done.
1: That's it's, am- it's interesting. I'll give you a little teaser. It's it's romance, but it is multi-generational, and it Ooh. is uh, multicultural. Love it. Um, so the heroines are um, over forty,
0: Ooh.
1: and yes, yeah, love. Um, a lot of uh, one of them is fluffy, and uh, yes, yeah, love. Yeah, so different races, different ages, different the whole socioeconomic thing, blue collar, all of that. Um, so. Look forward to my trilogy.
0: I am so excited, uh, and <laughs> thank you guys again for this. is so great. Every time we have these conversations, it becomes both both more deep and funnier and more relevant than we could ever imagine. So, thank you for continuing to put up with us. Um, tell your friends about it. Have us on your podcast. If you have a podcast and you're listening to this, we want to be in your podcast. We kind of insist, honestly. I think you owe us. Yeah. yeah anyway, <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for being with us. And as we always say. Keep it breezy, keep it cheesy.